What is up, people, family? I love y'all very much. Thank you for joining. It is the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Um, for those of you that don't know, if you're just now joining us, you are very welcome. We, You are very loved. And we want you to stick around. We have an amazing interview with the candidate for New York City mayoral race, Stacey Pressman. And we will get to that ASAP. As you well know, if you've been around for mm, probably four episodes or less, I have to bang out some promos and announcements. So we will do that now. Real quick, CajunLibertarian.com. You can get all of your Cajun Libertarian merchandise and all of your updates. We are starting to shift to that website because of Facebook's tyranny. I don't know how else to say it. So we're going to do our best. Um, we are very nervous about being shut down in light of the new announcements. So please subscribe to CajunLibertarian.com. Please. And also, while I'm at it, since I work for them now and I love them very much, no matter how much crap we like to give each other, um, please get on the Muddied Waters Media website. Subscribe there. Don't forget to follow the Eskimo Libertarian, who is my partner in crime for the Cajun and Eskimo show uh, from Bayous to Igloos on Muddy Waters Media. And don't forget that Spike Cohen and Matt Wright are the headers of said project very important so please get on muddy waters media please follow me on the cajun libertarian page please follow eskimo on eskimo libertarian right you'll probably know her a lot more than you know me um she's a lot more popular than i am but i'm trying to catch her i'm not trying it's just kind of happening no look i hope you're there watching because you know it's a fact. I'm right on your heels. I have an amazing team to thank for that, though. This is not all me, and that is not all her. We actually share the same team now, and we are blazing the trails with activism and pushing forth the message of liberty and priority of heart and love and doing the things that we're supposed to do in our in everyday communities. Uh, it's not just a social media thing, guys. And y'all know that, right? Y'all know that. This is an everyday activism thing. We have an exceptional crew. Exceptional crew. And so I will take that off. I will say something about goat yoga because that is hilarious to me. I don't know what it is. Brian Lambert says something about it, and I'm going to keep it going. We're done with that right there. Let me get back to the rest of the announcements don't forget that this weekend is the Tunica event. We are literally days away. We have just about all the funding that we need. Uh, probably about 50, 60 bucks will put us over the top to literally make sure that we, that's how, God, look, that's how generous y'all are. That's how incredible this whole experience has been. That's all we need to have people flying in from all over the country staying in hotels, food, special food for Spike, right? I mean, he's got a special diet, and I can relate. I also am supposed to have a special diet. I uh, try to have that special diet. I do cheat a lot. But anyway, it's very expensive, and it's very cost-worthy to have all these major players coming to Tunica this weekend. So every single dollar, every single cent that you can donate at this point will be extraordinarily accepted and appreciated and put to the right place. We are almost there. We're, we're, we're on the cusp. Like, you know, like I said, 50, 50 bucks. We're done. That's outstanding. I don't think that maybe this is me self-projecting. I'm not sure, but not a lot of people understand how much money it costs to fly all of these people in and have them stay for the weekend and y'all freaking crushed it and i cannot thank you enough and now i am rambling so you can also catch me on, oh you got my website right 
CajunLibertarian.com. Yes, I did that. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can catch your podcast. You can watch or actually you will listen to these podcasts for free. And every time you listen to a podcast of mine, I get like a cent. Quite literally. I think it's one cent. I don't care. It's not for the money. But I'll take that one cent. Please hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel, on the Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's get to. I, there's a lot of comments already. Like, that's crazy. That That's amazing. Um, let's get to our promos and then we can get to the extraordinary Stacey Preston, who's running for mayor of New York City. I mean, how. This is ridiculous. Like, right? I mean, I'm, I am literally interviewing somebody who's running for the mayor of New York City, and her name is Stacey Pressman. That's amazing. Let me get to our promos. High-end bags and accessories. Fierce Luxury by Ashley. FierceLuxuryByAshley.com Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessories consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. Consign with them for a 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. Find them online at FierceLuxuryByAshley.com and on Facebook in their exclusive Facebook group, Luxury by Ashley. Thank you so much, Ashley. That is Ashley Smoot, who is a massive contributor to the Cajun Libertarian brand. And um, yeah, please go and buy stuff that you're going to get at your house from her site. And you are also contributing to the Cajun Libertarian brand. I'm not sure. I can see Stacy at the bottom here. She's like snapping photos or something. I'm not sure what she's doing down there. But uh, I am very interested to see what's going to happen after that. That's funny. Oh, my God, there's already 30 comments, and I haven't even gotten to the interview yet. I haven't even clicked on your comments yet because I don't want to look at them. I will absolutely get distracted. You guys know me very well. If you don't know me, stick around. You'll find out very quick. I am very transparent and honest and will tell you real quick that I don't know something or that I do know something. But I'll tell you how I feel about it. And I'll tell you where to go in the process if you're looking for certain information that I don't have. We have all of the deets at thecajunlibertarian.com and at Muddy Waters Media. So with that being said, I am still getting used to the promos because I never thought it would get this far in the first place. But here we are. And so I am having to learn on the fly very much as you are with me. And we are going to do this together. Because that's what the liberty movement needs. We need to be together. With that being said, running for mayor of New York City, Stacey Pressman, let's bring her on. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I was fixing my <laughs> hair. I was like, it's coily. It's so hot here. I mean, not, I mean, you're in Louisiana, so you probably understand the humidity. So yeah. it's very, 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 very humid here. So yeah, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I love Cajun. I that's New Orleans is my favorite city other than New York City. I've had visited nice. many, 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 many times. I've uh, I've worked there. I've spoken there. I've I've tourist there. And uh, if I wasn't living in New York City, I'd live in New New Orleans. So that's awesome. I love New Orleans. Practically every um, every trip I've been on has involved New Orleans, even though I have lived like minutes from there my entire life i still love it and i saw your lsu i spoke at lsu so <laughs> yeah I, when i did my motivational speaking so i've been i've been down in louisiana many many times and i love it there so even though i have yeah. a very very strong brooklyn accent and i'm a very much a brooklyn girl my second home is definitely new orleans so i, I like it, it spicy guys i like it spicy so like it spicy. Thomas Queter likes it spicy. Hi, Queter. 
With his upside down feet. Yeah. Hello, Stacey Preston. I can't see anything. Um, so it's great to be here. I'm, you know, things are really exciting. Uh, the, the primaries are over in New York. Yes. And that was, you know, we're on the general ballot. So we watched the Democrats battle it out. And, uh, you know, I guess it's Eric Adams who is my current borough president, which is really odd. And I've met him in the past, not just doing mayoral forums. But I also met him in the past doing like, uh, like when I did comedy, I did, I handed him like a vest from the movie, the warriors, right? It's so crazy. So it's really exciting. Now I know who I'm running against, which makes it really, really exciting. So how has that changed for you now that you know who you're running against? Well, I guess now you strategize, right? Not to give away, you know, you now know it's like, if you're a football player, you know, who's the quarterback, you know, you know, what team you're playing against. It's like very different. If I ran against my Wiley versus, Andrew Yang versus Eric Adams. So it changes the dynamics a lot. Yeah, significantly, right? Yeah, but significantly, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm running against a guy who was a police officer and a guy who wanted to be a police officer, but just wore a red beret. Uh, so in knowing who your target is now, and I use that term loosely right, and directly. My target. Right? No one's getting shot, guys. No one's getting shot. I support you, but no, no one's getting shot. How does it, if at all, change your? Uh, I, I I know it does. So, how does it change your approach now to your campaign strategy? Well, I I, I mean, look, my values are my values. They don't change, right? So, you know, the things that I believe in are always going to be the things I believe in, no matter who I'm running against. So as long as I keep true to that, you know, but I think that what it does, it changes the appeal maybe of the voter because maybe voters weren't wanted something different and they're getting the same old, same old. And that's a problem. So now they have an option. It's, it's the best time ever for a libertarian in New York after the, the lockdowns and, and the destruction of small business from the government, you know, and that which is terrible. And um, even though we had, you know, it was very serious and people died, they just did not let small businesses operate correctly. They did not allow them to open, yet they allowed Big Target or Walmart, we don't have Walmart here, or those type box stores to open. So that was a problem, you know, and, and, and smaller stores weren't able, smaller restaurants weren't able because they don't have the space, right? So we were like closed down by the government. Um, Addiction and mental health issues are are awful right now in New York City. I don't know how they are around the country, but there are, there are blocks and blocks, particularly in Manhattan. Not so much the, the boroughs, particularly in in uh, about twenty to thirty blocks of Manhattan of closed stores and close and empty blocks, which is very apocalyptic. Particularly when you've seen these blocks and these areas very lively, and then you have like clumps of like just open restaurants. So it's kind of this like mirage of being back to normal, but it's really not at all, particularly in Manhattan. And people do not want to go into the city, that's what we call, you know, Manhattan, from the Brooklyn or Queens or, or like the rents here in Brooklyn are have gone up, but the rents in Manhattan have gone down. So it's definitely changed the game here. I want to ask you, I watched your entire interview with Brian Nichols, and Brian Nichols is amazing. You're amazing. But um, I, I, maybe we can kind of shift a little bit. And I want to ask you, like, specifically, how has the – and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say this very directly. How has the tyranny from – Did you freeze or I freeze? I think you froze. Someone froze. Uh, we both froze. Okay. Sorry. I don't the know internet. What's going on. We My, can't get it right. <laughs> the internet. They can't get the. They email. don't want. They, they don't want to hear this message, Stacy. That's the point. I know. I think it's like it's not even like it's not like an absurd message. That's the craziest thing. It's not a crazy message. The libertarian movement does not have. When you speak to people. A lot of them are libertarian leaning, like when they don't realize it, they've been brought up either Democrat or Republican. But a lot of people are actually very either independent or libertarian leaning. They don't want the government in their lives, small businesses, restaurants. They want to just operate 
you know, they want to give the best service they can to the customer. They want to make money. They want to earn a living and be free to do so without the government's interference and outrageous taxes. So I think most Americans in their heart, they want equality. They want the same things. We all want to be loved. We want to take care of our friends and our family. We're not so different, but the party system has divided us. Now, the great thing about the Libertarian Party, even though we fight, I know that, we have different views on things, is that we all, we're like a family, even though we have, you know, it's like that your uncle that's a staunch Republican and that aunt that's a liberal, they can still talk and, and get things out and, and create like a, even a harmonious solution to things. And, but in our two party system, we cannot do that right now. At all. Uh, okay, so no question, no question. And they suppress our ideas. They suppress our voices every day, all day long. And so I'm going to continue to fight for us, for the individual American. I'm going to continue. I don't care how many times our freaking podcast right now freezes. I've never had one freeze up. It's freezed up twice on us right now. Uh, we're going to fight through that. I want to know because New York, uh, Michigan, California, New Mexico, I've talked about this at great length. This I'm in Mississippi. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. We did not fight through those lockdowns like y'all did, but th your lockdowns, your governor. I got to be careful here. <laughs> Basically, I will get kicked off YouTube. You don't base something in science. Like I am a science person, even though I've come from a comedy background. I've also, you know, my whole life I've been silenced. You're too dirty. You're too edgy. That that's offensive. I've been living that in that world way before this lockdown. I've been my voice has been quenched as a comedian for many years, even though I didn't allow it to. I've been fighting that fight. Okay. When you start to act like a, if you don't, if you if you leave the science and just base things on your ego, or if you're getting uh, me tooed, whatever you, I don't know, he, he was me tooing people, and then you're opening things up because you don't want to people to hate you. I mean, that's not the reason to lock things down. They knew what to stop locking things down when they did. They knew that there was ways to take precautions. You know, as serious as disease was, people were still working. My friend works through the whole thing in, in, as a as a, uh, a worker, a, a, an essential worker in a, in, a, in a supermarket. So people were working and there were precautions being taken. People were getting sick. People weren't. But, but to lock down for that long, it's inexcusable. Maybe the first week or so, we're like or a month. We don't know what's going on, but once we started getting things together, we kind of could have figured it out. No question, we locked down for like two weeks. Two weeks. We locked down for a year. People are afraid to come out of. Now we're dealing with in New York, people are afraid to come out of their cocoons. People have built. New York is very separate. People live alone. They live in apartments. They don't. They're not. They, they're social, but there's like a. You know, people are already loners, and it's very overwhelming in New York for a lot of people, first of all. So um, I don't know if it's like that in down south, but it, in New York, it's very, even, much as we're squished together, people are, like, alone in their apartments or, you know, in their rooms. They're, they're, they're separate. They're very separate. There's not this community, but it's, there are people that come in from other places, and they don't seem to build a, a friendship or they don't have family here. So now people, this is what I'm seeing from people I'm talking to, they're afraid they feel like, oh my God, now I'm so overwhelmed. Everything is opened. Now what do I do? And so you have that, you know, the opposite. And now people are like, oh my God, I have to be around people. I'm on the subway. So we're going to have like a lot of issues going forward with mental health, with trauma. People might have lost a loved one. So now they're afraid to go outside. People are, there are breakthrough uh, diseases, uh, breakthrough from the Delta, whatever. I don't know what that is all about. But people are getting sick in LA uh, that were vaccinated. But, uh, you know, whatever, it's not even what you believe. It's really a real issue that people have a mental and physical reaction to what had happened, good, bad, or indifferent. And the government just didn't make it any better for people. They didn't offer support emotionally. You know, there was like no emotional support. They just locked you in the house and said, fend for yourself. Order on Amazon. Good luck. They clearly made it worse. They way made it worse. We did not go through any of that down here. And we are still, at, we're our numbers are better. They're better than New York. 
People are not living in fear every freaking day. They're not scared to go out of their homes. They're not scared to go to the grocery store at all. It's complete propaganda. Your governor is the worst. Sorry. And I went out. I mean, I wore, you know, I wore my mask because I'm a, you know, hypochondriac. But I wore my mask and I took my Ubers and I, you know, the only thing I didn't like, I never liked the subway, so I didn't go on the subway too often. I still hate the subway, but that's just me. And that's not because of coronavirus. I just didn't like it because I, I get like claustrophobic. But I went out, you know, I, the minute the restaurants opened, I was at the, you know, I, I supported the businesses. I got my hair done. I, you know, I tried to do as much as I could do. I did maybe pay, you know, some people thought I took a risk. It's like it hits one person, doesn't hit another person. Like, I don't, I like, I want to understand the science of this virus, first of all, because there's a science behind it and no one understands it. Exactly. We and, don't know the science behind it. We haven't had it around long enough to know. So I, I don't, I don't know. That is strange to me. Um, I like to learn. I like to talk to doctors and understand. That's how I, I, I'm very science oriented. But in terms of lockdowns, they messed us up. And you know what? It's not. I think they did it on purpose. And I, I don't want. To, I'm, not, okay. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But they, the big box stores, Amazon, okay. all that's doing great. Mom and pop. Not so good. So, you know, I'm watching so many businesses struggle, particularly in Manhattan. Thank God for Brooklyn and their mom and pops and the community and the people supporting them. You know, you just, you know, you see stores or restaurants that have been open for 100 years, 80 years. And they're like, they they closed and like the grandparents owned it. And they're like, forget it. I don't want to, you know, stay open. I don't need to. I'll just sell the land and just retire and go down to Florida. <laughs> like people just didn't want to, you know, these, these staples and, and some just went out of business financially. And some were just like, who needs this? You know, like a lot of, a lot of comedians are like, who needs this? I'm going to go do comedy in Florida or do comedy in another state or, or Austin. A lot of people yeah. went down to Austin. That was huge. A lot of, you know, Joe Rogan is down there. I think Tim Dillon is down there. Other people are going down there. I don't, uh, people have moved to LA. Not that that's doing so well, but People are just going, they don't want to be told what to do. And it's expensive. And we pay no. high taxes here. I mean, I want to change that. That's why I'm running for mayor. Well, I, <laughs> let me applaud you, number one, I'm for staying. I'm going to Let me applaud you for staying in New York City. Because if it were me, I would have bailed a long time ago. I have people uh, that have bailed and they're just throwing their hands up. They're like, I'm done. I'm done. And so, uh, big, huge kudos and congratulations to you. Massive spirit, massive heart for staying in that city and trying to, not trying, going to make it right and going to set things straight. Because right now, uh, look, if you're talking about a city in comparison, right, I compare New York City to the state of Texas in the relative sense that those are like beacons of liberty. Those are beacons of freedom in America. What the hell is going on with we New have York the City? Of liberty. We have the Statue of Liberty, the symbol of liberty. Give you tired, you're poor, you're hungry, you're huddled masses. We are liberty. We are a place where people go to pursue their dreams, to become uh, a, an actor, a star, a, a businessman, a businesswoman. A, you know, if, if you were gay, you would feel comfortable to come out in New York City. That was what we Great were. Question. You know, we are. That's the place we were. We were the place that if you didn't fit in your town, you would come here and you would find a family. You would find your your niche. You'd find yourself here. You. It was free to be that way. And now. You know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's, we need that back. And I, and I, as mayor, want to bring that back. I want to bring back Absolutely. the feeling that you could be the best person you could be, that you could thrive, that you could operate freely without the government telling you how to run your business and, and, and be able to have like, be a vendor on the street without paying huge fines. You know, no red light cameras because they cause accidents anyway. You know, you know, People being responsible for their own well-being, self-responsibility, uh, people being in charge of their health. I want to teach. I want to be able to have students be able to cook their own lunches in the schools as a part of a learning, a way to learn about culture, a way about learn food. I think there's so many things that we're missing here. 
We're not taking advantage of the rich culture, the arts, the, the professional people that are here. I just think we're not taking advantage for our young people either. At and some I point, here. I, I know what it's like to, I know what it works because I saw it work in my high school. So it could work. Our education system could work if it's done correctly. If they some, allow people to teach. No, keep going. I'm you, sorry, I'm on a rant. rant. No, rant. Please, my God. To learn, students learn differently. Let them learn differently. Let them have the opportunities to learn differently. Stop, you know, having the government tell you you have to learn core curriculum or this kind of work. There's ways to learn tolerance and love without, you know, a specific type of agenda. We can do it. I've, I've seen it been done. And I know how to put it into our schools. I want to democratize education so people could vote on how their schools are run and, and who's Thank running God. their schools, not just me, my office saying, you do this, you do that. I'm not in your schools. I can help you, guide you, be supportive, be loving, make sure that the people are getting a fair shake. But I want you to run your schools as parents and teachers and, and come together to find the best ways to teach. And not make schools feel like like jails. I've taught in schools. I've spoken in schools. They feel like places of incarceration, not places of learning, freedom, and love, and like togetherness. They feel like you go into jail, and they should not feel that way. You treat people like criminals. They act like criminals. Period. Facts. Facts. So <clears throat> you hold me back. I feel like I'm being held back. You let me go forward. I'm going to be the best person I can be. Yes, there'll be troublemakers here and there. Okay. Those people. They're going to stand out as being like, get away from us. You know, the better always rise to the top. we got to allow people to Facts. do this. So just Facts. let them be themselves. Stop treating students and young people like they're criminals. They're not. They're just people that want, you know, a, a chance. And they just don't know how to do it. So let them go to school and sort of really find themselves and make mistakes. People are allowed to make mistakes as well. We're not perfect. That's how, you you know, you just keep moving. So, uh, I'm sorry. Out. No, I'm you're sorry, good. guys. No, I went on a, on a tangent, and this is how I strong feel. I feel very strongly towards. Yeah. Well, and that's why you're the Libertarian candidate for New York City Mayor, uh, and we are all pulling for you, no question. Thank you. Donate to my campaign so I can get on the debate stage. That's very important. If you can, it doesn't have to be a lot of money. Twenty dollars, thirty dollars, fifty dollars. Right, right, if you're too. rich, if you're a hundred dollars. Some people give a thousand, you know, we need to get the message across because we're going to have the same old people. And you know what? You want to visit New York. Do you want it to be fun like New Orleans, you know, or do you want it to be boring and horrible and depressing? No, we want it fun. We want it free. I want to make it a 24 hour city so you can get drunk all night if you want or go to a diner or go to a restaurant where they don't have to close at four o'clock and people don't have 24 hour schedules anymore. I mean, have nine to five schedules. People have weird schedules, 10 to seven, you know, uh, eight to 12, you know, I know I've had weird schedules. I've worked at night my whole life. I've worked in comedy clubs and in theater and it's nothing more fun than going out after your show and being able to stay out to four five, six in the morning. If you can, why not? We used to go bowling all night. Like let businesses make their money. There are people, there are social workers that are working nurses, doctors. They work till two o'clock in the morning. Uh, people in restaurants, let them have a chance to go out. There's no reason why we should close at four o'clock. There should not be, it doesn't make sense. If a restaurant, a restaurant or a bar or a, a, a place wants to stay open, let them stay open. At right. one point, do we start to uh, look at the reason, reasoning, right? Like, why are they doing, it can't be by accident. They can't be this freaking stupid, but well, yet they are. Like this for years, like we've always had a four o'clock curfew. I think, and then during Why? COVID, it was 12 o'clock. I don't, I guess what, you know, sometimes there's like zoning in the city that don't, because things don't change. There's something about, I keep using this analogy, like people are so, the, the same reason why people keep voting for two parties is the same reason why we're not 24 hours for everything. Do you get what I'm saying? People don't change. They want change. They say they want change, but they don't vote that way and they don't act that way. People are not comfortable with change, period. That's a human nature. People are creatures of habit. It's that way. It's always been that way. People's family tells, well, we're always on it this way. And even my mother, she's like, we've always gone here on this holiday in this way. But nothing, I'm like, but we don't have to do it that way every year. So we people are creatures of habit. So I think that's why rules and um, regulations or uh, zoning stays the way it is. 
you know, we have a whole issue with zoning that I'm dealing with right now with my policy team. I'll get, you know, and there are things like that that just don't change. People get used to what they get used to, but they don't understand there's other things coming. And, and as we innovate, we need to be able to be ready for that. Our, we live in a gig economy I lo- and then Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency, we're changing, econ- you know, things are changing and we need to grow with the change. And I know it's very hard for people in their personal life, particularly older folks, um, not, you know, it's a multiple, you know, people are malleable. I'm always been a malleable person. Luckily, even though I'm stressing out about everything, I'm malleable, but people aren't malleable. They don't change careers. They don't change jobs very often. It's very hard. So, you know, I went from a performance career to being a politician. It's not easy. It's a, it's a grow, a lot of growing pains, trust me, but it's, 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 there's similar, uh, skill sets in that. And there's also very different skill sets. So I'm learning the skill sets. I, I wasn't, but it doesn't mean I won't be able to make great policies because I was, you know, uh, uh, I was worked in, you know, I, I've always wrote policies and I like those types of things. I've worked as a person helping eating disorder, uh, people with suffering from addictions. I've helped write policies around addictions and stuff. So I'm used to uh, advocating, but it's different. You know, we have different skill sets and, um, but, but you have to be malleable. And I think this, this pandemic taught us we need to, to change. We need to change. We, we, it opened, it was almost a, a growth. We're opening our eyes to what, how, how bad we've been held back by our own government. And I don't no think question. Seen it quite so bad in my life. And yeah. our government has done pretty crappy things. We had segregation in the sixties. We had um, the Japanese internment camps. We've gone to Vietnam. We've had wars in Afghanistan and the Middle East for years. Like enough is enough already. Like, aren't we like two, like, uh, when does war stop? Well, as long as it's profiteering, then it probably won't. Right. So so, why can't we invest in our people, in people? Why can't we invest in our, in our, in our own lives, in people's lives? Why are we investing in wars and debt and death? Uh, It's not acceptable in America. We need to invest in, in, in life, not death. How do we get to, uh, how do we get to the point where we can actually, change the mindset culture and atmosphere of the new york city citizenry we need to get on the ground we need to you know we need to we need to 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 talk to people ask what they what do you need when you when you as as mayor i'm serving you it's not about me i'm not an egomaniac like cuomo i'm serving you i want to serve the people of new york city and i want to see them thrive i i know what it you know, I'm a New Yorker, it's in my blood. I've traveled the country. I've been blessed to be able to work in almost every state of the union. But New York is my home. It's my blood. I'm a Brooklyn girl through and through. I'm fixing my hair you know, <laughs> before I come on. This is who I am. And I know a New York that works. I've seen it. And I know a New York that makes you, when you get out of the subway, I don't know if any New Yorkers are listening, you get out of the subway and there's this feeling you get, I used to get from Brooklyn to Manhattan. And you get out and you enter, like, say, Greenwich Village, and it was like magic could happen. You'd feel magic. And that's what I want people to have, that feeling of magic coming into the city and seeing the, the lights on the tree. And, you know, that's just the tourist stuff. But just everyday magic, you can come go through to Midtown and anything could happen in that day. You know, good things. Anything great could happen. You could get the job of your dreams. You could, you know, meet the love of your life on the street. You know, that was what New York was. For me, that's what New York tells every. That's what we all get the feeling from New York when we hear about New, you know, New York. Like City. King. It's, it's just New incredible. Which dreams are made of yeah, exactly and unlimited potential, unlimited yeah. potential. So unlimited. we have to get back to that. And then we when have you to- cut, they cut us at the, you know, our spine, and it's shocking. I think people are shocked right now. And I want to bring that back. That's what I want to bring back. Yes, we need uh, safety and we need police reform terribly. We need to make people feel safe that they can come here. And But that's a mental health issue. We need to get, you know, the homeless is not normal to have homeless people. We've normalized it. That's not going to happen under my watch. We need to get permanent homes for people or help them be able to thrive, to, to, to find out if they are mentally ill, how can we, they best serve society and themselves. 
make them feel like they are part, you know, the disabled and the elderly get often looked overlooked. And um, I have a lot That's of friends just... that are disabled and we need to, you know, make the city handy, you know, accessible for people. And uh, it's a city for everybody. It's a city for everybody. And, and not, you know, I'm not being politically correct, but I, yeah, I'm telling good. you, this is what I feel like in my heart for many, many years. No, and we all know that. We feel you, Stacey. There's no question about it. Um, anybody that's been paying at least an inkling of attention to New York City, I personally, for me, I felt it in my heart, big time in my soul. Like, I, crush me to see what y'all are going through. We've always seen New York City as this freaking hope, right? This beacon of incredible light. And so to have you step up, to have you be this passionate, um, it just is, it's the injection of hope and, and prosperity that we need. And so yeah. we want you to keep speaking. Your passion is just freaking contagious. I want I love to feel it. that. I want, you know, New York to be fun. Like New York's a fun freaking city. We, we're a fun place, you know? Why can't we, you know, it's like, it doesn't have to be so serious and angry and it can, you know, like we need to lighten up too, like enough, like enough to stop everybody and just be in yourself and, and, and just enjoy New York. Like find the things that you love. Like, you know, I feel so bad. A lot of people just left New York. They're like, I can't take it anymore. People that lived here their entire lives, had families, had money. They were able to afford great apartments. It's just like, I'm buying a house in Connecticut. I'm buying, you know, and like, you know, the people are stayed here and I, and I give them credit, like particularly wealthy people that, you know, they, they just, they chose to stay here. They, they, they went through it and now we're going to rebuild. Like, I'm not going to say everything is going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I'm never going to lie to you and say, Oh, I'm going to do this and that. If I can't do it, if it's not done, we don't have the budget, it's not going to get done and we'll work towards doing it. But I believe in small incremental changes a little at a time. We don't want to, people okay. don't like me, but we'll do it. We're going towards that direction. It's all about going towards the right direction. Little steps at a time create great change. Yep. And yep. I believe together we can do it. We need to get on the boots on the ground. If we need volunteers for my campaign. We need people, you know, expressing liberty. We need expressing uh, love and, and thrive and, 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 and like possibility. And that's what we need right now. No question. We don't need it, the same old politicians lying to us or, you know, telling us how bad everything is. We don't need that. We see it. We know what's bad. We don't need people telling us every day. There's no question. And look, your passion is freaking contagious. And we need your voice out there. No, I mean, it's just incredible. I'm loving everything. You're, you're, we are 40 minutes in. Can you believe that? Oh, like, wow. It's supposed like, to be a for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's supposed to be. A, I know, but that's how freaking good this episode is right now. That's how good you are. Thank I have you. to ask you this question before we get out of here because it's supposed to be 45 minutes to an hour, but oh, at, right I'm now we're like tracking two hours. Awesome. Exactly. So we're just going to keep going. Uh, I have to ask you this. Sure. Your governor, who I am desperately trying not to want to hate, or trying not to hate, I very much want to hate him. He is probably the worst governor in the history of the world, and I would really like to do violent things to him. But I don't. I might have to work with him, so I'm I hope I lower Larry Sharp in a year. Anyway, yes, yes. Let's hope that Larry, Larry Sharp is program. a very integral part of my campaign. He has helped. Uh, he's the one who brought me on this journey, and nice. uh, he's pretty much our senior advisor. And I hope, if he runs for governor, if he chooses that, that I would work with him. I think we'd have the most amazing city in the world. Me and Larry. Uh, yes. you, know, you have to work with your governor. You have to be. <laughs> you know, we have a lame duck mayor. We've had a lame duck mayor. I don't. I never quite understood De Blasio. I don't get him. He can kick rocks. Literally everybody. Um, so nobody likes De Blasio. So he's a lame duck, you know. And then he tries to fight with Cuomo. It's a whole. It's he. I just wish that Larry Sharp gets elected if he chooses to run for governor again, and we can work together and and make this city just a beautiful place to be again. Absolutely. 
I could, you know, I've had Larry Sharp on the show. Phenomenal. Love Larry Sharp. Pulling for him for governor, pulling for you for New York City mayor. Not because y'all are libertarians, but because y'all freaking care and you want the best for your area and your citizens. Oh my God. And I just, okay. All right. and, I, okay. and I don't care about what party you're on. I have Republicans, <laughs> Democrats. I have, I have the very you're right just... and the very left, all of my team. So it's, it's like I work with people, you know, from people who are practically democratic, socialist, libertarians, whatever you call socialist, to like right wing Republicans. And we, you know what? We, we meet in the middle, we figure it out, we talk. And guess what? We it have works. To. It we have to. works. And I love people. I love people. I'm the same. I love people too. I get a lot of people that are like, oh man, I hate people. And I'm like, all right, I get that. I get it. I don't. I love people. And so, but look, I will never get to this question if I don't. Okay, do I'm it sorry. I'll, 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 <laughs> don't, so, don't be sorry. This is freaking incredible. This is exactly what I wanted because I'm just so fed up with your politicians in New York. It's just unbelievable. So, all politicians, <laughs> either egomaniacs <laughs> or they're liars. They're both, right? I mean, that's how I feel like, like at this point. They're both. Or they're just like robots. I'm like, no, it's like, you, you know, you have to have a soul in there. Like, who are you? Like, I am i don't know how to be a politician. I know how to be a human being that cares that's, and that could write policy and express the policy and try to, you know, convey that to the people. That's what my job is. And, and then let and let it fly. And then, can you know, hopefully convince people that this policy might be the best if they feel that way. But I'm not going to do this for my ego. Trust me. I, I, if I did for my ego, I wouldn't be doing this. I'd be doing other things. But anyway. No question. <laughs> has, mean, the com- has the comedy career? Well, you know, I, I put it on hold. You know, I'm, I'm running for office. It's very hard to go. You know, people say do shows. You know, people book me on shows. But I, it, it's very weird when you're campaigning. You're in, in one mindset. Then you're telling dick jokes in another. It's just, it doesn't match. So <laughs> it's like... I, I was always a very dirty comedian, kind of very honest comedian. And so I don't want to stop doing stand-up, but it's, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable right now. I'm being honest. Like, I'm uncomfortable. I want to talk, you know, people take me very seriously and, and this run seriously and not think I'm doing it for a career move, but for my comedy or my acting or whatever. So I, I, I'm, like, putting everything on hold for this run, and I'm working towards that. So right now I'm not doing stand-up right now, but – Every so often I'll do, you know, I, I try to, you know, do a show when I get the urge and I do it on the DL, so. Well, hell, I mean, you wouldn't even have been allowed to do any stand-up comedies until what, like freaking two months ago? Yeah, we were held back. Three months ago. Zoom shows, or some people love the Zoom shows. I don't particularly love the Zoom shows. Um, no. I feel like I'm talking to the Brady Bunch or something, you know, oh. like, <laughs> it's like, hey, nice head, asshole, you know, like, it's like that, so. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, I just like, and I have a sense of humor, even though I'm not as funny snipe, but uh, like, I just, I, 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 my sense of humor, I'm afraid I'm going to take it too far. I'm like, oh, that was a little inappropriate. You know, I've always been a little inappropriate. That's my other problem. So that's <laughs> the libertarian way. That's just how it is. So yeah. let me ask you this. I just found out yesterday that we have put in some sort of state of emergency against guns in New York. I, I didn't even know that. Cuomo, let me read the exact situation here. Let's go. Governor Cuomo, newest gun violence state of emergency via executive order. I heard that two days ago. You didn't heard that yet? I, I, I think I heard that something like that. I think that people are not realizing gun violence comes from two 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 things, not from guns. They come from people who are having mental breakdowns, That's people right. who are poor and they want to commit crimes or they just, I mean, why would someone shoot somebody? You have to think that either it's gang violence, organized crime. That, yeah. that solved, a good detective can stop that, right? People need to defend themselves. Um, and also like there's the, the population of people like the vulnerable communities need, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I believe in 2A. Do I think that, you know, it should be the Wild West here? No, but that it's it's the mental health of the citizens that are creating random gun violence. 
people just don't shoot people when they're healthy or stab them or punch them or slash them. Mentally healthy people don't commit random acts of violence unless there's a mental health issue or a drug problem, period. We solve those things. I guarantee we are able, if we get a hold of those things, you know, those are rampant right now. We will get a hold of a lot of the gun violence and a lot of these random crimes. The rest of the organized crime, that's a whole other story. But I've been been saying like it is. I've lived in New York my whole life. I lived around uh, organized crime, put it that way. And I've seen how it works. Very insular for the most part. And uh, I'm not going to say more about that. But other than that, that's where the, the crime is. That's what that's the. So the mental health of Amer- of uh, New Yorkers right now is a cause of random acts of violence, ran- random shootings, and you know no one's no healthy person shooting somebody unless it's an accident. <laughs> you don't know how to use a gun. I do believe New Yorkers, if you want a gun, you should learn how to shoot it like a driver's license. I do believe people need to learn how to shoot guns. You got to be responsible gun owners. You can't like me. If I had a gun, I'd shoot myself in the head by accident. Got to take a class. You know, it's just the way it goes. We weren't brought up that way. Like in other states, they're brought up, they're taught, their parents teach them. I never learned. My yeah. dad had a gun, but I, you know, because he worked in that industry. So not, uh, he was a security guard, not a mafia guy. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> might disagree. But anyway, um, <laughs> he did security. Uh, he actually was a meat cutter. I'm a vegetarian, so that's weird. Anyway, he worked in the meat industry for many years and he got his finger cut off. This is a true story. And, uh, he sued him. We went to Disneyland and next year I'm like, Oh, I want a bike. And then he was like, okay. And then by the time I got married, he had one finger left. And he saved it for my divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I had a piece of comedy. My dad was a meat cutter. Interesting. So I didn't like meat growing up. So I was, I'm a staunch animal rights activist. Some people don't agree with it. Yeah, my son. Um, but I believe that you're treading on animals just like you tread on people. Don't tread on me. Like, don't, you know, there's a lot of, there's a vegan component to uh, libertarianism. I support it. I would like New York to be as animal friendly as possible. You know, uh, we'll start with no kill shelters, making life easier for com- companion animals. Uh, let's get the horses off the street. They're dying. I know that, that the people don't feel that's very libertarian of me. Sorry. It, those animals are suffering. If we could make them not suffer, that would be the best. Uh, there's alternatives. Other cities have stopped it. Uh, that people don't always agree with that, but that's my feeling, my view on animals. I feel like they're not ours to own, to work, you know, uh, but, to abuse. Period. But you support like uh, you know companion animals. Oh yeah, like blind people and. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, I, exactly. One hundred percent. I mean, I don't. I, I want to make as, as animal friendly as possible. I don't know how right. far that goes, but yeah, yeah. let's start small and then we, we get bigger. That's what I'm saying. You know, people get more, you know, you get more sensitive. You don't force it down people's throat like PETA. They force it down people's throat. It, right. it doesn't work that way. You got to, like when I became very animal friendly, it came very naturally. And I hope that other people will be sensitive naturally. I think sensitivity cannot be forced down people's throats. That's true. It doesn't work that way. Racial sensitivity, sexuality sensitivity, gender identity sensitivity, it does not work when you force it down people's throats. It works by understanding, meeting people that are different than you, communicating, finding your similarities, um, learning about cultures that you're not familiar with. That's how you really bridge, you know, create bridges and create harmony is by learning about each other and speaking to each other. Not living in fear of each other. No question. That's the best way to do it. No question. Um, how can we help you get elected? Um, if you're in New York, uh, we need volunteers. If you have specific skills, for, 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 per se, if you're great on the phone, if you're good with art, if you're good with design, we have a great designer. If you're good with, um, uh, you know, communications, you know, whatever your skills might be, we're looking, you know, to expand our, our base. We are a production person. We're going to do commercials, obviously donate. That's, you know, sadly how it goes. Uh, I have a staff. We have to pay the staff. Uh, um, they've been working 
nonstop for me for months. And so donations are the best, uh, any skill, you know, people have friends that do things and, you know, bring them, send them my way. If you have a, ch a child that wants to intern, we have interns, they can get college credit. So, you know, I'm a major candidate um, of, you know, I'm the third largest party in the United States of America and I'm running for mayor, which is pretty much a national position, even though it's very local. So in New York city, it's a national position. It's a national <laughs> position. So I'm on the ballot. We worked our butts off. I want to thank my team for getting us on the ballot. We had a great team working our butts off in, you know, it was amazing to watch uh, my campaign manager fought the board of elections for some nonsense they were bothering us with, but we got on the ballot and we're here and we're ready to go. So donate if you can, $20, $10. If you're rich, $500, the money, goes for a good cause. We're we're very, very careful with our money. We have things to get and people to pay and we need volunteers as well. So any which way, boots on the ground, vote for me if you're in New York. Tell your family or friends to vote for me and let's make this happen. Get the word out on your social media. That helps too. Get the word out on social media. Big time. Share this video. Big Share time. This video. There's, there's going to be thousands of people that watch this video. Share it. All you got to do is hit the share button. Share it. Please, uh, would I do have to ask you as well? Sure. Um, how else can we get the word? Like I know social we, media, friends and family calling people if they live in New York to vote, um, to be a part of us. Uh, the same way any campaign, just we just need people involved, spreading the word about what we're doing here, about what my my view is of the world, my view of New York is. If you want to see New York exciting, fun, ex you know, that magic again, hmm. free to do it 24 hours and someone who's going to be honest and fair and let you thrive in your business, tell them to come to me. I may not be the most experienced politician, but I'll make it happen. I'll make New York the way it should be, the way we, the way it's it, moving forward, Pro progress, innovation, um, changing old laws that are not serving anyone. I, I inspiration. Want you to, inspiration. I, that's what we're about. And you, just be a part of the movement. You're extraordinarily wow. passionate. You are very articulate. You're very intelligent. I Thank mean, you. You, you, your, your message needs to be heard. We're going to share it all far and wide. I appreciate and, it. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I've loved every second of it. I like me. You, this is look, this is probably a conversation we had needed on the phone or something because you and I could literally talk, talk about hours. this stuff for I know hours. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to let you talk. Why? So I don't just cut you off and interrupt because what's going on in New York is so freaking maddening to me. New York is one of the States that got me into activism and I just love your voice. Um, I, Oh my God. If you and Larry Sharp were to take over that state, I would just might move up there and just drive millions into <laughs> activism. So please you and uh, if you Larry believe Sharp. I mean, people need to believe that we can do. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I hate when I read, oh, I love her policies, but she's not going to win anyway. That's the problem with Starbish. America. That Starbish. is the problem. If you like a candidate, you vote for the candidate. We can't just settle for the same old, same old, same old all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you on Clubhouse? Yes, I, I should do a, a clubhouse. If anyone, maybe I'll set one up next week and ask me anything. If you guys want to do that, would you come on and help me uh, moderate it? Yeah, yeah. I was awesome. actually going to see if you wanted to jump on after this. But oh, yeah, maybe that yeah. I would love to, yeah. All right, I'll set up an after party and you and I can jump in there and everybody can ask you any questions because we are like freaking ridiculous deep in comments. I can't, I'm sorry, y'all. You know, I try to get to your comments, but oh my God, there's a bunch of them oh, and I just can't. I can't even begin to try and concentrate because I want to have this conversation with Stacey. She deserves every bit of my attention. This is, so much, this is great. I've been having the most fun. I haven't done this um in a long time. I haven't been on a podcast in a couple of weeks. I was just moved. So I've just been like, uh, my mom is in the hospital. It's been crazy. I've been running this campaign. My mom in the hospital and I've been, uh, 
you know, moving and it's been very stressful. This is the most that I've had in a long time holding. We have policy meetings every week. I have a great policy team. I love my policy team. They worked on Larry's policy team as well. So nice. it, we have a really great team and I'm very proud of the work we've done so far. We've been doing this for a long time. I declared yeah. in April of 2020. So last question. Sure. When is the election date? November 2nd. Stacey Pressman, Libertarian candidate, New York City on the ballot. Check or circle. I don't know how people do it, vote anymore. But all of that. Fill in the, in the circle. Make sure you don't go out of the lines. Do and, all uh, of the things for Stacey Pressman. Yeah. Tell people about this. Don't be afraid. Say, you know what? If they say to you, well, she's not going to win anyway. Ooh. Say, well, you know what? That's why <laughs> she's never going to win because. That's why you're never going to have a that's candidate right. you actually like, and you're going to settle. Stop settling that's for that's people. Right. Just like you shouldn't settle for a lover or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Stop settling for hey, candidates or politicians that you really don't like just because you're afraid of the, the other, you know, the other side's worse. You know, vote for something, not against it. And exactly. That's and that, that's what we're driving towards. That's what we're achieving I'm seeing it all over the country, and I assume that after this interview and after many, 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 many more interviews of Stacey Pressman and you getting your name out there and your voice out there and this passion that everybody on this in this comment section in the viewership uh, that are watching, it's very contagious. So what we'll do is I'm we're going to jump off of here. If you'll jump on Clubhouse and follow me. Yeah then we will start a after party for just you and I, and I will make you the host. Does that sound okay? I know yeah, it's yeah. late and you're, you're, you're an hour behind. No, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to just, I'll just cook as I met because no one sees me. I can do anything I want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no one's going to know, right? Nope. Nobody's going to know if you're <laughs> naked on Clubhouse unless you tell everyone. And I'll always be the girly girl. Like I mean, I'm still the girl. Like I'm still always gonna be a girl that uh, likes to do my hair and get, you know, like that's always gonna be me. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna politician. Never gonna be me. So, anyway, no, thank you guys that. for listening. Go to my website. Do what you can. Get on the on the press bus. <laughs> I call it the press bus. The press bus. I freaking love it. I wish you had told me that before. Get on. There's... I just it up last night. I'm like, get on the press bus. And uh, that needs to be a slogan. But yeah, if someone wants to make it, get on the press bus. Well, maybe we'll get go around the city in a press bus. We'd be like a party bus. Oh my god, that's so much fun! I can't wait. Get on the but press bus. Get on the press bus. Join us um, on the press bus and get involved. Write to me. Um, all my contact is on pressmanformayor.com, or if you're lazy, p the number four m nyc. Let's do this. Nice. Let's make New York free, fair, and fun. Thank you, Stacy. You are freaking awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you on Clubhouse. Absolutely. See you there in just a minute. Absolutely excellent. I'm not going to go into anything else. Um, you, you you saw that interview. Freaking incredible. Knocked it out the park. I, I literally am just looking. Nope. There's nothing else I need to do. So I am going to get ready to go into Clubhouse with Stacy, and we will have a Q&A session with her in about five minutes. I'm going to do a couple of things real quick after we jump over here, and then I'll be in Clubhouse, and we will get Stacy on as well. So give us about – we're at one hour exactly, one hour half, and then we're going to jump on Clubhouse in about five minutes. Thank you very much for showing up. I don't want to lose any momentum. I love you all very much. See you on Clubhouse in just a minute.